Hello and welcome to another Peculiar Youth Connect. My name is Tanuro Osa. So we're going to be talking about forgiveness today. And I have my friend with me, Daria White. And we're talking about forgiveness and whether we should, do we have to, and what does the word of God have to say about it? So I just want to encourage you to listen and to share this with your friends, with your family, with anyone that you know is going through anything. And just allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you um, on this on this situation, on this topic. So um, you can find this this podcast on streaming um, sites, on streaming platforms, and more will be added as we go on. So again, thank you for listening. And also know that you can download Peculiar Assembly app, and you can also find this episode there that will be posted there later on. So thank you and God bless. I'd like to welcome everyone to this podcast episode. My name is Tanuru Osa. I'm the youth pastor at Peculiar Assembly of Saints National Church. And today I have my friend with me, Daria White. She's a, she's a follower of Jesus. She's an author. And today we're going to be talking on forgiveness. And you, the, the title of this basically is going to be Forgive. Do I really have to? Um, I want to be to be as creative as it could be with the title. So I don't know if this is, if this is going to work <laughs> okay. out. But yeah, we'll anyway, yeah, we'll definitely we'll see. So um, before we get started and on 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 this, let's just um, commit this to prayer and invite the Holy Spirit. So Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the opportunity to bring your word to your people. I thank you for this platform. I thank you also, Lord, for your daughter, Daria, who is on this platform with me. Lord, I pray that as your word goes forth, that it shall fall on, on good ground, that it shall bear fruit in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for the devices we're using to connect through technology. Lord, I pray that there's no hindrance, there's no disturbance, that everything shall go well in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you, Lord, Father, for all those that are going to be listening to this when it's available, whether in a day, a week, month, a year, however the time may be, because your word is eternal. Lord, I pray, Lord God, Father, that I shall turn them towards you and that they may see you in a new way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. So, um, forgive, do I really have to? So, I guess the question is, Daria, um, forgiveness, is it important? Is it not important? Do we really have to forgive? How do we even walk in forgiveness if someone has, like, offended us? Because nowadays, everybody's offended about something. So, you know, that's not to take a shot at anyone. But, uh, go ahead. You know, nowadays everybody's offended about something. So I guess the question is, do we, why should we forgive? Hmm. Well, one, thank you for having me back. Um, two, uh, as a believer, forgiveness is a commandment. But you're right. A lot of people are offended nowadays. And I joke when I say this, but it's really true. I feel like the offense is so high. Some people don't even like the fact that water's wet. Mm-hmm. If, if it's twisted a certain way, people will find a way to be offended that water is wet. So, but the Bible says in the last days that there will be a spirit of offense. So we're definitely seeing that. But despite being offended, despite being hurt, despite feeling betrayed, it is a commandment. And what we fail to realize as believers is that forgiveness is really a gift from God. Because if you're holding on to animosity, if you're holding on to anger, if you're holding on to betrayal, things that have happened to you, you're really not doing anything to help the situation because the person that did that to you has clearly moved on. 
Now, some may be remorseful and say, hey, I'm sorry that happened or, hey, I'm sorry I did this. There are some people that will come back and apologize. But some of us, we're never going to get closure. For some of us, we're still angry at people that have already passed on. And I'll be the first to say it is not easy to forgive, especially when it's years of hurt and years of trauma or whatever happened to you in a past relationship. And you feel like, wow, I trusted this person. Wow, I put my faith in this person and they did that to me. Why would they do that to me? What did I do to deserve this? But despite that, our best example of forgiveness is Jesus. Because in his last moments, hanging on the cross, bleeding to death, after being beaten to a bloody pulp, being mocked from the cross, having to have carried the cross on the Via Della Rosa, you know, he displayed the ultimate, the ultimate act of forgiveness. And he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. So if he can do that even in death, then why can't we do that? And we're not going to be able to do it alone because he's with us. I'm sorry for the background noise. It's okay. Go ahead. That's all I have for now. Yeah, yeah. So it's, 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 I just want to read the scripture and... It's um, Psalm 119, verses 165. It says, Great peace have those who love your law, and nothing causes them to stumble. It says, Great peace have those who love your law, and nothing causes them to stumble. So how do we walk in forgiveness, especially in a world where offenses will come? The more I love the word of God, the more devotion I give to the word, and that becomes in me, that becomes part of me. And says nothing causes them to stumble. See, the word of God, it now strengthens you when offense comes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's like someone that, that goes, to the, goes to the gym and they work out and they're developing their muscles. They're able to carry things that other people cannot carry because right. they, they've developed their muscles to the point where it can handle stress. So for some of us as Christians, we haven't developed our spiritual muscles, so we can't handle stress in terms of like unforgiveness when it comes or offense when it comes. So we, 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 we get wounded mm-hmm. easily and we have a hard time recovering because you have to understand that Jesus, as you said, Jesus Christ is, when did he forgive us? He forgave us on the cross while he was nailed to the cross. He said, father, forgive them for they do not know what they do. Mm-hmm. He didn't wait for time. I think I heard someone say this, like time is a horrible master when it comes to or time heals all things no it doesn't Hmm. time makes things grow worse if you if you say well let me just sit on it and think no time doesn't heal all things forgiveness has to be in an an immediate kind of thing yes you may struggle with it but you have to walk by faith so it's like okay lord i'm going to forgive this person even even though i don't feel it even though I'm not, I'm, I'm, uh, even though I don't, I don't have this sense of forgiveness. I or I don't have this feeling for it. I'm by faith. I'm going to forgive them. So that's one of the things we're saying. Jesus, while he was on the cross, nailed to the cross with the with the nails in his hands and the crown of thorns on his head, and the nails in his feet, hanging naked there in 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 public. Right mm-hmm. from that position, that's when he said, "Father, forgive them." So it wasn't convenient for, for Jesus to forgive. No. It wasn't it wasn't it wasn't pain free for him to forgive. Sometimes we think that we can forgive when we stop feeling the pain. No. You forgive from that place of pain. And as you forgive, then the grace of God now comes to strengthen you. Then 
the, 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 then, then God begins to minister to you. But I just want to encourage you, don't hold on to unforgiveness. It's like drinking poison and expecting someone else to get sick. Mm-hmm. You know, but I wanted to say that. <laughs> no, that's good. I actually wrote down, um, this was last year. I have notes from forgiveness of last year, like I shared with you earlier. And it's just amazing to me that we're talking about this now, roughly one year later. But this is a definition that God uh, gave to me last year about forgiveness. Forgiveness is releasing the right to avenge myself over God, giving that over to God. And when I wrote that down, it really baffled me because I'm like, I want to avenge myself. <laughs> I want to defend myself. Like who, who doesn't? You know, mm-hmm. you you want to prove a point. A lot of us, you know, we're quick to pop up at the mouth. Some of us may say a few choice words. You know, it's not in the spirit, but you say it anyway because you're acting out in the flesh. And you're like, God, forgive me. Why did I say that? But see, that's the thing. We want God to forgive us. We want God to forgive us. We want his grace. We want his mercy. But we fail to extend it to others. And even in Matthew 6, 12, in the Lord's Prayer, we say it, but do we really mean it? And forgive Mm -hmm. us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And it's interesting because along with me writing this down last year, I was also reading Lisa Turkhurst's book, Forgiving What You Can't Forget. And she made reference to the Lord's Prayer. And I love how she broke it down, basically saying for this to be part of the Lord's Prayer, you know, that just emphasized the importance of forgiveness. And she broke it down in such a way to where she said, basically, you need to be forgiving consistently, like make it a habit. Kind of like you said earlier, exercising that muscle, it needs to be a habit. It doesn't mean that things aren't going to happen to you. It doesn't mean that, you know, you're not going to be hurt or offended, but you want to make forgiveness such a habit that as soon as the offense happens, you're quick to forgive. As soon as something is said to you, you're quick to forgive. And yeah, the little things may not bother you. Like if you get cut off in traffic, I don't think that's something detrimental to where you hold on to unforgiveness. I think you can let that go. I think we can let that go. It's happened. It's going to happen again. Some people, yeah, God love them. But with the deeper wounds, the things that maybe you still are holding on to that have happened to you. Like I said, some things we're carrying from childhood, some things we're carrying from friendships, some things we're carrying from past relationships, whatever it may be. Maybe there was a betrayal, church hurt. I can definitely speak from experience with church hurt. And that's just within the recent weeks. And I've had to choose to forgive. It's not based on feelings. I may still feel angry. I may still feel hurt. I may still feel betrayed. But in terms of how do we practically do that, I really love Lisa's book because she really just gave a a mantra, in my opinion, Holy Spirit, I choose to forgive. And then you say the person's name, you say what they did, list it all out. God knows, confess it. Holy Spirit, I choose to forgive this person for how they betrayed me or how they manipulated me, whatever. And then I love how she adds, and whatever my feelings don't allow for as of yet, Jesus, your blood will cover it. Because she gave an example in her own life where she was having a therapy session and her therapist had her list every offense that has ever happened to her from childhood all the way up to the present. So by the time she finished writing out all the offenses, the floor was covered with note cards. And then he had her take pieces of red um, felt material. And with each card, he had her cover it with this red material. And by the time she finished, she said, Lisa, this represents Jesus's blood. 
So every offense that's ever happened to you is covered by him. So no, you may not feel it, but you can still choose to forgive and your feelings will catch up later because his blood has already covered it. And when you get triggered, if something happens and sets you off and then you go right back to that moment, confess it once again. It doesn't mean that you're a forgiveness failure when you get triggered. I thought that. I really would feel bad like, dang, God, that's still bothering me. But I don't have to feel bad about that because I'm still in a human flesh. But because I'm empowered by the Holy Spirit, I can still say, you know what, Lord? Yes, that triggered me. But I still choose to forgive. Say it out loud because you, it, it needs to register in your mind and you need to hear it. Say it out loud. Holy Spirit, I still choose to forgive. And whatever my feelings don't allow for, your blood will cover it. My feelings will catch up later. But I still choose to forgive. And even with the question, do I really have to? I did ask that. I asked God one time, Holy Spirit, what if I just don't want to forgive? <laughs> and you can be real with God. I think mm -hmm. we can be real with God. This is a relationship. I asked that question. I was like, what if I just don't want to? What if I don't like it? And the answer didn't take long because he immediately took me back to the cross. And I just thought of everything that I ever did. And he was willing to extend grace and forgive me. Now, I will add this before I pass it back to you. Forgiveness does not always mean this person is back in your life. There may be some, you know, dangerous situations where it's like, look, it's not safe for me to be in the same room with you. Maybe there was abuse. Maybe it was physical abuse. Maybe it was verbal abuse. I don't know. But forgiveness doesn't mean that, hey, you're back in my life and I'm going to act like nothing happened. Forgiveness just means that I'm not out to get back at you. I've released you to God. Now, as God leads me, I pray that he restores the relationship if it's safe to restore the relationship. But if it's not safe and I have to get away from you completely, then I just have to get away from you. But at least I can let it go, trusting that God will take care of you in his due time. Because God does not take kindly to those that hurt his children. He will avenge the blood of his children. I believe he also will avenge the tears of his children. Anyone that comes against his children, they need to be careful. Mm -hmm. Because he is not a father sitting idly on the sidelines laughing. Oh, they hurt. So, oh, that's so funny. He's not laughing. He saw the offense, but he knows how to handle it better than we do. So get out of his way. I know we may want to snatch some people, <laughs> but get out of his way and let him handle it for you. Yeah, I think I think it's really important, especially when you think of of how how Jesus dealt dealt with um, the offense. And I'm going to read from like First Peter two, um, from verse twenty two. This is speaking of Jesus. It says, "I'm going to read from verse twenty one. It says, "For this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps." Notice it says, "Follow his steps, not your own." So, who committed no sin? nor was deceit found in his mouth, who, when he was reviled, hmm. did not revile in return. When he suffered, which means he did suffer, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. So you notice it says when, you know, when he suffered, he did not threaten, hmm. but committed himself to him who judges righteously. We have to believe that we serve a, a, a righteous father, that we serve a righteous judge. Now, the question is, can you, you can stand up and defend yourself and you can stand up and say this and that. And yes, you can. But you have an option. You can either stand up and defend yourself or you can allow God to defend you. Hmm. You know, sometimes I, I remember someone saying this once that when we defend ourselves, we just want you to think, have this picture of like God standing behind you with his hands folded behind his back while you defend yourself. Hmm. 
So you can defend yourself, you know, and you can get some kind of like, you know, you may make a point and everything like that. But is that God's will? Because when you look at Jesus, it says when he suffered, which means he did suffer and he didn't suffer because of something that he did. He mm-hmm. suffered unjustly. He suffered without even committing any sin. Because yeah. scripture says who committed no sin, nor was any, nor was deceit found in his mouth. Some of us, you know, we suffer, but we're suffering basically because of the things that we have actually done. So I'm not talking about those that 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 believe that they they've been wrong, but they but they really haven't. I'm talking to those that that have been wronged and they've done nothing. Look at Jesus. Look what happened to Jesus. Says who, when he was reviled, hmm. did not revile in return. So basically, how they treated him, he did not treat them back in the same way. He did not treat them. You know, it's, 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 I remember, you know, it's, it's so interesting because had Jesus had the mentality of, I just got to love myself first, he would never have gone to the cross. Hmm. He would never have gone to the cross. If he had the same mentality that we have as human beings, that we teach everybody, you know, you, he would never have gone to the cross because the love of God is, is, is sacrificial, it's selfless. And that's the same love that he's poured into our hearts. Now we can have a choice. We can, by faith, tap into that love and forgive others, or we can try and do things, work, live this life by our own strength, by our own love. And human love is conditional. If you do this for me, I'll do this for you. If, 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 if you love me, I'll love you. Human love is conditional. Hmm. God's love is unconditional because the scripture says that while we were still sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. That's how God demonstrates his own love to us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. And and the parable of the 99, of the 100 sheep and the 99, the one that was lost, he went out of his way to go find the one that was lost. So at the end of the day, our example is not the world. Our example is not how we grew up. Our example is not our culture. Our example is not the things that we see on TV and who is popular and this influencer and this and this guru, what they're saying. Our example is Jesus Christ. Right. And yes, you will be mocked for it. Yes, people will find you silly and stupid for forgiving that person that has been taken advantage of you. I'm not saying that you mm-hmm. should go and build a relationship with that person, but I'm saying you have to let them go. You have to forgive them because your father forgave you. Mm-hmm. A person, I think I heard John Bieber say, he says, a person who cannot forgive has forgotten what God has forgiven them of. Yep. Has forgotten what, they, what their life used to be like when they were a sinner. So I just want to encourage you, like, when he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered... He did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. God is not an unjust judge. So I just wanted to share that and, and just like encourage people like forgiveness. It, it's 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 not even like an advice, actually, to be honest with you. No. It's, more, it's not really an advice. It's not like, well, you, you should try. I it's can not recommend really an advice. you do this. Yeah, it's not like, you know, you can recommend something for me, but at the end of the day, I'm like, nah, I don't have to, and that's that. But when it's a command, that's different, you know? So anyway. Mm-hmm. 
I just want to say that. Nope, to you. is not a recommendation. <laughs> we do yeah. not have a choice with this. But it, again, it's still a gift. And I'm going to read something. This is actually from Lisa Turkhurst's devotional um, from Forgiving What You Can't Forget. Mm-hmm. I believe it's a, a five-day devotional. But this is from day one. She writes, when I wrongly think forgiveness rises and falls based on all my efforts, conjured maturity, bossed around resistance, and gentle feelings that feel real one moment and fake the next, I'll never be able to authentically give the kind of forgiveness Jesus has given me. My ability to forgive others is made possible when I lean into what Jesus has already done, which allows his grace for me to flow freely through me. Ephesians 4 and 7. And then further, she says, forgiveness isn't an act of of, of my determination. Forgiveness is only made possible by my cooperation. And she says, cooperation is what I've been missing. Cooperation with what Jesus has already done makes verses like Ephesians 4.32 possible. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. God knew we couldn't do it on our own, so he made a way not dependent on our own strength, mm-hmm. a forgiving way, a way to grab onto Jesus's outstretched arms, bloody from crucifixion and dripping with redemption. He forgives what we could never be good enough to make right and makes a way for us to simply cooperate <laughs> with his work of forgiveness for us to receive and for us to forgive. So it's cooperation. I like how she says that. It's not based on my own efforts. It's not about me being determined and making up my mind that I'm going to do it. No, it's about me cooperating with what he's already done. He's mm-hmm. given me the tools to forgive. I can be empowered by his spirit and, ha- and let him do it through me. Just let it flow through you. But if you're so tight-fisted or if I'm so tight-fisted because I think I'm right and they should apologize and they should do this and why did, and you're rehearsing it and rehearsing it and rehearsing it, that's something that we have to get a handle on. I believe that counts as in terms of casting down imaginations. Some of us are rehearsing what happened over and over and over and over and over again. We're rehearsing it so much that it's like it literally just happened yesterday. And I'm not here to point fingers at anybody that's listening. I'm talking to myself because <laughs> I am def- I've definitely rehearsed a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff, stuff from childhood, stuff that happened in my early 20s, stuff that happened just in the last few weeks. And I have to catch myself. God, I don't I don't want to rehearse that to where the pain comes back all over again. And yeah, I want to avenge myself. Yeah, I would love to get back. Yeah, I could be petty and post a whole dissertation on Facebook about mm-hmm. petty people. You know who you are. God don't like ugly. <laughs> it's like hashtag God don't like ugly. I know mm-hmm. I could do that. I'm just as capable. <laughs> but 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 what good does that do? What good does that do? And even in Romans 12, 19, it says, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. Now, I don't know when God's going to repay. And I think some of us get, you know, antsy because like, okay, God, are you going to avenge now? Because it just happened. Like, what are you going to do, Jesus? Like, didn't you not see that? He saw, but he may not avenge in the time frame that you think that he needs to. Who knows how he'll get them, but just leave them to him. You know, it's funny you talk about like, you know, God says that I will repay. I think mm-hmm. this is a, there's a there's an incident I think in, in the Gospels where 
you know, the disciples asked Jesus, you know, should we, should we call down fire from heaven against this, this town, this people, <laughs> Yeah. you know? And Jesus was like, you guys don't, don't know of, of what spirit you are. Basically like God desires people that repent and turn yeah. to him. So sometimes when we read that God will repay, we think that God is going to repay how we would actually repay that person. Mm-hmm. Sometimes God's repay for that person is that person turns to the Lord and, and they repent. Yep. You know, so now we now have to ask ourselves when that person repents and it turns to God, are we going to be like the, 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 the uh, joyful father when like when the prodigal son came back and mm-hmm. we rejoice, or are we going to be like the older brother? And be upset and talk about I've been serving you all this time. I can't believe mm. you're gonna let this person go. And all mm. this this year's this your son that has that wasted his money with harlots and everything like that. Are we which which spirit are we gonna be of? Are we gonna be of the spirit that is that 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 will rejoice with those that rejoice, or are we gonna be have that pharisaical you know be like a Pharisee and be like this person that has done all of this? How can you forgive them after all, all the things that I've done for you? Mm. So. You know, it's well, that's one of those things. And even in Second Corinthians, Second um, Corinthians chapter five, verse sixteen, it says, "Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh." I'm just going to stop right there. From now on, we regard no one. I don't care if the person is a Democrat mm. and you don't like them. We regard no one. No one, not some people, no one, not, you know, not just the people you like, no one according to the flesh. Right. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Now, this is who you are in Christ. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. We regard no one according to the flesh. Hmm. When we realize that our that 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 man is not our enemy, we will be, it will be easier for us to forgive them. Yep. Because you we recognize that we did not battle against flesh and blood. So we regard no one according to the flesh. No one. Yes, they voted a different way from you. Regard do not regard them according to the flesh. Mm. Yes, they cursed you out. You do not regard them according to the flesh. Mm. You know. I always believe that the Beatitudes, you know, (laughs) is spiritual warfare. It's teaching you. It's spiritual warfare. And I remember, I think I even posted this once on Instagram. I used to watch, um, Karate Kid was one of my favorite, favorite movies, the original one. Mm -hmm. And I remember a scene where, where, where Daniel, he, you know, he was excited to finally get taught karate because these bullies were beating him up pretty much almost every day. And he goes to get ready to do that. And then, you know, Mr. Miyagi says, okay, sure, no problem. And he tells me to start, like, cleaning his cars, like, wax on and wax off. <laughs> yeah. And he gets all upset. He's like, I'm trying to come here to learn karate. You teach me all these things that don't make any sense. He didn't realize until Mr. Bag looked at him and now started, like, trying to demonstrate, to start trying to attack him. And he started using the same motions he's using to do wax on, wax off, were actually defensive motions mm-hmm. that he will find himself in a combat. So a lot of times we think that spiritual warfare is only... I, I want people to hear what I'm saying and not hear what I'm not saying. Spiritual, sometimes we think that spiritual warfare is only binding and casting. That's all that we do. Hmm. Forgetting that spiritual warfare is not only that, but it's also having the nature and the character of Christ and living that out. What wow. does that mean exactly? So when someone says they curse you out, let me actually turn to the Beatrice to make sure that I'm not, so people think I'm not making this up. 
So let oh, me read. Matthew let me read. Five. Let me read from Matthew five, right? <laughs> yeah, so let's, let's see. Um. Uh, let's see. Let's see. All right. So it says here, "Blessed are you when they revile you." Hold on a second. Let me make sure I have like have like the right one. Let's see. I think what comes to mind, even for me, is blessed mm -hmm. are the merciful. There you go. They shall obtain mercy. That's been hitting me. So, <laughs> you know. Oh. So let me just read this. Matthew 5, 11. It says, blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Look at the response. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So it says, blessed are you when they revile. Not if. If you're a follower of Christ, you're going to be reviled. Yeah. People are going to hate you. If you're a follower of Christ, people are going to hate you. So I just want to mention this to anyone here that is following Christ and think, well, I don't understand why people don't like me. I don't understand why people aren't following me. If you're a follower of Christ, you're going to be hated. Blessed are you when they, and Jesus said it's a blessing. Blessed are you when they mm -hmm. revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Jesus says you're blessed at that point. And this is, and this should be your response. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad. Mm. <laughs> so your response shouldn't be, oh, woe is me. Your response shouldn't be, oh, look at me, pity me. No, your response should be rejoice and be exceedingly glad. Why? Because now you have treasures that are in heaven. You see, I think a lot of times we 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 look at the we we set our affections on the, on the things of the world. Yes. So when when offense is coming, we get offended because we think that our identity is in the things of the world. But mm -hmm. Jesus said, rejoice and be exceedingly glad because your, your identity and your treasure is not in the things of this world, but in heaven where moth cannot, cannot, when moth cannot destroy, where, it, where nothing can steal it, can break in and steal it. So your identity and the reason why you're able to walk in forgiveness, if you're a child of God, you are able to walk in forgiveness because the spirit of God lives within you. The reason why you're able to walk in forgiveness is because your treasure is in heaven and your identity is in heaven. So rejoice and be exceedingly glad. That means your gladness level should keep on rising. For great is your reward in heaven. If I told you, for example, I'm going to pass it over to you after this. If okay. I told you, for example, like, you know, if you show up to work today, you're going to get $10 million. Or no, let me put it this way. If I told you, if somebody, if, if somebody curses you out and you say, God bless you, that you're going to get $10 million, guess what's going to happen? When someone curses you out and you say, God bless you, you're, you're going to rejoice because you just know at that point I'm, I'm, I'm due to receive $10 million. Mm. And the more people that curse you out and you respond in that like manner, you're rejoicing. Why? Because you're not putting your, 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 your eyes are set on the reward and not on what's going happening to you. Mm. So it should also be the same way when it says rejoice and be exceedingly glad. Our eyes are supposed to be fixed on our reward, on him, Jesus Christ, and what we're going to get in heaven. Mm. So... When that persecution comes, I think it's even Luke's gospel that says, you know, woe to you when all men speak, speak well of you. So Luke even takes it even further. He's like, woe to you when men speak well of you, because such were the, such were the, such were the false prophets. Mm. So I'm pretty sure nobody wants, wants to be labeled a false prophet. You know, no. that doesn't mean you, I go out looking for a fight or looking for anything like that. No, but as I'm living the Christian life, as I'm living a godly life, 
persecution is going to come your way. And when persecution comes your way, Jesus said, rejoice and be exceedingly glad for your choice is great in heaven. Anyway, let me pass it over to you. Honestly, I'm here trying to hold back from laughing because when you say rejoice, I could just see like, what if a trend started where we were like, um, you know, just posting all about the word, sharing the word and then like hashtag the world hates me, hashtag I'm happy about it. (laughs) (laughs) It's like that would throw people off because it sounds so like, wait a minute, like what do you mean you're happy that the world hates you? Like, what do you mean? But see, the the world considers that to be abnormal, but it's normal in the kingdom. Yeah. And it's and it's time that we make kingdom normal again. Mm-hmm. We're 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 so used to what culture says, what the world says, and yeah, nobody wants to be misunderstood. I know I, I'm one of those people. I don't like feeling misunderstood. I don't like when I know my intentions were pure, but then someone else takes it the wrong way and they think I was being rude or manipulative, and they but I can't control what people think. So my identity can't come from people and being liked all the time. My identity has to be rooted in Christ. But I want to take it back to what you said earlier. Um, I think you were talking about, you know, who the real enemy is. Um, but even if you didn't, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to read it anyway, because this is from day two from Lisa's mm-hmm. uh, devotional, because she makes a point of saying the enemy is the real villain. And she says, yes, people do have a choice to sin against us or not. And certainly when we are hurt, the person hurting us may have willingly played into the enemy's plan. So some people hurt us intentionally. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it was on purpose. I meant to get you. And then some people, you know, they just didn't know. But she said, but it helps me to remember that this person, despite that, regardless if it was intentional or not, is not my real enemy. The devil is real and on an all out assault against all things good. He hates the word together and especially and he especially works with great intentionality against anything that brings honor and glory to God. So it's easy to point fingers at the person. It's easy to say, you know, they deserve this, they deserve to get that, but they don't realize that they were just a puppet for the yeah. enemy that he was using them to get to you. He was using a family member that you love to get to you. He was using your coworker to get to you. He was using your boss. He was using, you know, someone, some random stranger that said, you know, that flipped you off after they cut you off. <laughs> he, he just uses people as puppets to get to you. And, and if we forget that he's the real enemy, we'll start focusing on the people, but we don't battle against flesh and blood. We battle against principalities, against rules of the darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. That's who the real enemy is. And I'm not saying don't have your moment. Yes, we're still flesh and blood. Yes, we're still humans. Yes, we're still gonna have feelings. But after you have your moment, come to yourself and realize, wait a minute, God, this person's not my enemy. I know who the real enemy is and you've already given me authority over him because all power belongs to you. And because your power is in me through the Holy Spirit, I've already defeated him. So he can come however he wants to come, but he's not gonna get me in this moment. And don't feel bad if you do have a moment. We're not called to be perfect Christians. We're called to be obedient Christians. Amen, amen. So don't don't, don't do that to yourself. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think that's, that's so key. You know, at the end of the day, we're called to be obedient Christians. And just as you said that, let me read Luke's version of, of the Beatitudes. When it says, the title of this says, love your enemies. Luke chapter six, verse 27, it says, but I say to you, this is Jesus speaking, but I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do mm-hmm. good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you and pray for those who spitefully use you. You know, you know, it's, it's interesting, you know, um, Jesus says, pray for those who spitefully use you, mm-hmm. you know, 
And a lot of times we, we don't mind praying for our family. We don't mind praying for our friends, for our loved ones. I'm not saying you shouldn't, but you notice that Jesus never actually tells you to pray for your loved ones and your family. <laughs> because now, does, does that mean you should not pray for them? Absolutely, you should pray for them, you know. Yeah. But that's easier to do. That's easy to do because we agree with that. But Jesus yeah. actually instructs us to go what is, what is counter to our own very natural nature, which is bless those who curse you and pray for those who spitefully, Luke's version says, spitefully use you. Mm-hmm. So that means there's some people that are just using you to get, to get ahead in life. They don't really care about you. They're using you for, for your influence. They're using you for you, you, what you have. They're using you for your money. They're using you for whatever you can, whatever you can give them. It's a, a purely selfish-based relationship. And Jesus said that you should pray for those who spitefully use you. So in your prayer time, who are you praying for? Mm-hmm. Are you just praying for me, myself, my friends, my family? That's it. Amen. Or are you also praying for those who are who are against you? Mm. So pray for those who spitefully use you. And if I keep on reading this, people are going to get offended because it says, "To him who strikes you on on the on the one cheek, offer the other also." Mm. And for him who takes away your your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who asks of you, and from him who takes away your goods, do not ask them back. Well, that's a whole different message right there. <laughs> and just as you want men to do to you, you, do, you also do to them likewise. And it keeps on going. But if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even that. sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those who, from whom you hope to receive back, what credit is that to you? For even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much back. Verse 35, but love your enemies and do good, to, and, do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return. That's a whole different message. Mm. Hoping for nothing in return. So even when I give to someone, I shouldn't give to them with the expectation that they're gonna, I'm going to get something back from them. Hmm. God gave his son to the whole world, knowing fully well that there are going to be some people that will never receive him. Mm-hmm. So hoping for nothing in return and your reward will be great. There you go. Mm-hmm. Your reward will be great and you will be sons of the most high for he is kind to the unthankful and evil. Therefore be merciful just as your father also is merciful. So our example is him. He said, therefore, be merciful just as your father. So how can I be merciful? I have to look to him. I have to feast on his word. I have to meditate on his word. Allow his word. Don't just read the word of God. Meditate on it so that it now becomes inside of you. So that's not who you are. And you, you're, they says, just uh, be merciful just as your father is merciful. You cannot live this life just trying to do it on your own. You have to keep on looking to him. He's the author and the finisher of your faith. He is the author and the finisher of your faith. And before I just pass it over to you, I just want to read the scripture because it just came to mind. I think it's in John, um, John chapter 6. 
I was kind of reading this this morning, and this is verse 40, and it says, And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Notice it says everyone who sees the Son. It does, he doesn't say everyone who has seen the Son. Everyone who sees, which means I have to be constantly looking at him. So when somebody is, 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 is behaving some type of way, and your natural instinct is to just give them a piece of your mind. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what? Let me put this person in their place. I have to look at what Jesus is saying. Look at what he's doing. Jesus said, I only do what my father does. I only say what my father says. Mm-hmm. See, Jesus, son of God, yes, but he also walked on this earth as a man submitted to God. So we as Christians are supposed to walk on this earth as men, as women submitted to God. So we have to keep looking at him. And also because I think I might also do like a whole teaching on, on, on Beatitudes because it's like, you know, I give with the expectation of not even to receive anything back in return. Mm-hmm. That is, that is, that is kingdom. But I guess the question I want to ask is, how many of us as Christians are living according to the kingdom of God or are we living according to the culture? Yeah. So anyway, let me pass it over to you because I don't want to <laughs> get, <laughs> get to that. No, you're good. I was, was um, I, I kind of got to move a little bit now. Background. Mm-hmm. But um, what came to mind, a few things come to mind right now. Um, one, I don't know if you've seen the movie, the shack. Bits and pieces of it. Okay. Well, um, for those of you who haven't seen it, go see it. But I am going to spoil a little bit. Uh, this man's daughter, his his youngest daughter, she can't be no more than maybe four, but she is killed by a serial killer. And over the course of the movie, uh, he ends up meeting with God, Jesus, and Holy Spirit. And they all represent um, a different side of God. Because Octavia Spencer plays God the Father. And some are like, wait a minute, like why is God being portrayed as a woman? But even in the movie... I like how it was presented because in that moment he needed a mother. He needed a nurturer. And as and, and then as the movie progresses, God the Father shows up as a man. He said, and he's like, what okay, like what's going on now? He said, now you need a father. So I like how they portray like God is who we need him to be whenever we need him to be. Mother, he's a nurturer. Father, protector, provider, Holy Spirit, comforter, Jesus, our our propitiation. And in the movie, uh, he ends up finding his daughter's body. And as he's carrying her body, at first he didn't want to go in there because he's like, I hate the man that did this to her. And God is like, let me take care of him. He's like, well, he said, well, what am I supposed to do? He said, forgive. He said, I don't want to do that. He said, I know, but I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you. So as he's carrying his daughter's body, you can hear him whispering, I forgive you. I forgive you. He's talking about the man that killed his baby girl. But with every step carrying her body, he's saying, I forgive you. I forgive you. I forgive you. And that scene is so powerful to me in that movie because he's burying her. He's like, I forgive you. I forgive you. I forgive you. So for some of us, that may be that intense for us. Mm-hmm. It may be a moment where we're like, God, okay, I don't want to, but I-, I choose to forgive. I don't like it, but I choose to forgive. Yes, I'm angry. Yes, I'm hurt. Yes, I'm traumatized. Yes, I don't like what happened, but I choose to forgive. I choose to forgive because you were willing to forgive me. It- and it even says in Psalms 86 and 5, for thou, Lord, art good 
and ready to forgive and plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon thee. So God is so quick to forgive us. I've never asked God to forgive me. And he was like, nope. Uh, remember, remember what you did last week? I heard what you thought this morning. And now you have the nerve to come to me and ask. He's never questioned my motives. He knows my motives. But even when I ask, he's ready to forgive, plenteous in mercy. And even Mark eleven twenty five says, and when ye stand praying, forgive. If ye have an ought against any, that your father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. So if we refuse to forgive, we're mm. cutting off our own forgiveness with God. We're basically tuning him out. We, we don't consciously think of it like that. But I don't want my prayers hindered because I refuse to let somebody go. Now, again, it doesn't mean that the relationship has to be the same. You may have to set some stricter boundaries. Maybe you two can't be close friends anymore. Maybe you have to say, hey, you know, I don't mind coming to this family gathering, but I can't stay long because I'm not going to put myself in a position to where I know things are going to escalate. So I love you, but I, but it can't be the same. You may have to navigate relationships like that, but still make the conscious decision to choose to forgive because it's still your choice. Forgiveness is the freedom to take your choice back. No, I can't control what happened to me, but I can't control my response to it. I can't control my healing. I can't control, okay, I'm going to move forward in that. Forgiveness gives you back the power, not realizing you, you're, you think you're doing something by holding on to unforgiveness, but no, you're allowing this person to still have power over you. You're allowing the enemy to still have power over you, but forgiveness takes that power back. And again, you're releasing that person to God. But I even want to make mention of this Two, for some of us, this may have nothing to do with forgiving other people. For some of us, it's about forgiving yourself. Mm. And we don't think about that either. But I was listening to the sermon series that Pastor Michael Todd did from Transformation Church. And one of his sermons was forgiving yourself. And for some of us, we're lashing out at other people because we're still dealing with stuff that we have to surrender to God. Maybe we did something that we regret. Maybe something happened and we made poor choices. And now we're holding on to this shame and guilt and we refuse to forgive ourselves. But again, if God can forgive you, you can forgive yourself too. So whether it's you, whether it's others, he's given us the gift of forgiveness. So I did want to throw that in there for anybody that may be struggling with that. Because for some of us, we can be our own worst enemy. We can be our own worst critic. And we'll be the first one to talk down to ourselves and allow condemnation to come in. But no, remember who you are in Christ. Remember who you are. And if it is a case where someone else is involved, release that to him too. And he'll show you how to navigate the relationship in the future. And that doesn't mean that he can't restore it. Because God can do anything. He can do the impossible. And even if the relationship looks different, still make the choice to forgive and don't count on people understanding you. Get uh -huh. used to it. <laughs> get, I love that in uh, the series of The Chosen. Get used to different. Get used to different. Yeah, so it, it's, 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 it's... At the end of the day, we have to understand, and, and even as we're getting ready to, 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 to wrap up here, at the end of the day, we have to understand that forgiveness is not something that we can accomplish on our, on our own, on our, in our flesh, in our strength. Right. It's not something that we can do by our own self-effort, anything like that. We can't. You know, you will find out, listen, God always calls us higher. God doesn't call us to our own standard. Right. God always calls us higher. That's the whole point. 
And when he calls you higher, he knows that you can't get higher on your own. That's why he gives you his grace to be able to accomplish that, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's what that's what it is. And I just want to read this. It says, this is um, 1 John 4, um, verse 20. If someone says, I love God and mm-hmm. hates his brother, <laughs> he is a liar. For he does not love for he for he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? Yep. And this commandment we have from him. It's a commandment, not a suggestion. Mm-hmm. We have from him that he who loves God must all must love his brother also. So that's it. Must love his brother also. So at Mm -hmm. the end of the day, we're commanded to love our brothers. Yes, they have weaknesses. Yes, they have issues. Yes, they they say things that anything like that. But we're commanded to to do that. And as God gives us the command, he also gives us the grace to be able to do it. You ask the Holy Spirit. You commune with him. And the more you spend time in his word, like the scripture I read in the beginning of Psalm 119 verse 165, great peace have have great peace have those that love your law and nothing causes them to stumble. Great peace have those that love your law and nothing causes them to stumble. So I just want to encourage you, if you're struggling with, for, with, with forgiving someone, mm-hmm. dive into the word of God. Allow the Holy Spirit to be your teacher, to, to, to teach you the scriptures, to take the word of God and to put it in your heart. Yeah. Spend time with him. And you'll find out that when, the more time you spend in the word, the more time you spend in God's presence, I'm telling you, you're able to forgive people that you thought you could not forgive mm-hmm. because God strengthens you during that time. So don't hold on forgiveness in your heart. Don't say I'm not forgiving someone because forgiveness is a command. It's not a suggestion. Hmm. It's a, it's a command It's not a suggestion. And if you choose, notice the word, I didn't say if you're struggling, if you choose not to forgive, God himself is not going to forgive you of your own sins. Nope. So if we want that same forgiveness, God forgives us so that we're able to forgive others. Freely you have received, freely you should give. So I just wanted to say that. And Daria, I'm just going to leave the the closing part up to you. Um, If you have anything you want to minister to anyone. And also, if you can, at the end, just pray for those that are struggling with forgiveness, whether it's in their forgiving themselves, forgiving their loved ones, anything. So... Just minister whatever the Lord puts in your heart, which I know he has already put in your heart throughout this throughout this podcast. But anything puts in your heart right now, just minister, and then you just um, close this out in prayer, praying for those who need forgiveness. Okay. Well, thank you to everyone that is listening. Um, I definitely appreciate you bringing me back, Taniru. But as a final thought, um, what comes to mind, seriously, if you guys have not checked out the book, Forgiving What You Can't Forget, by Lisa Turker. She is the uh, leader behind Proverbs 31 Ministries. I highly, highly recommend that book. That really did break it down and help me in my own personal study. And there's one example that she gives in the book that I think is so profound. It's no different when you're hurt or offended. It's no different than suffering from a broken arm. And if anyone has ever suffered from a severe injury, it takes time for your body to heal. But even with a broken arm, your bones heal stronger than before. So yes, the offense happened to you. Yes, it was painful, but God can still turn it around to work for your good where you come out stronger. 
things are still going to happen to us in this world. Yes, God could stop it all, but there's still free will in this world. And unfortunately, with free will, sometimes people make poor choices and sometimes they make poor choices to where it hurts other people. God sees that he's not turning a blind eye to it, but he still gives you the power to take your power back with forgiveness and you can let it go, whether it's with someone that hurt you or if it's you and you feel like you're the culprit, you feel like you're the one that did wrong, that you can't be forgiven. But no, like I read from Psalms, he is ready to forgive, plenteous in mercy. And because of that mercy and grace, we can extend it to others, but still Take the time that you need to heal. I highly encourage counseling if that is needed. Christian therapy, I, rec I definitely recommend that. And do what you need to do to heal so that you can continue to be the conduit that God needs to minister to the earth. He needs us as lights in the earth. But yeah, and when you get triggered, because you're going to get triggered, <laughs> your depth, something is going to set you off and it's going to take you right back to that moment. But when that happens, stop yourself like, Lord, Yes, I'm being triggered right now, but I still choose to forgive. My feelings will catch up later. Because if you can forgive me, Lord, after everything that I've done, after everything that I've said, I thought, then Lord, help me to forgive and extend grace. It doesn't mean that the relationship is going to be the same, but you still release this person and you let them go for God to deal with. So Lord, thank you for those that are listening, whether they're listening live or they're listening on the replay, Lord God, I pray that you will help those that are struggling to forgive. It is not easy, Lord. I'll be the first one to say that sometimes I just don't want to. You know me, Lord. I'm like, God, what if I don't want to? But even when I said that, Lord, you took me right back to the cross. I even picture the movie, The Passion of the Christ, which I think is one of the most bloodiest depictions of what you suffer. And even then, God, I think it was worse than what the movie portrayed. If they really portrayed what happened to you, Jesus, we couldn't see it on television because it was that horrible. It was that detrimental. But that's what sin does, Father. Sin is horrible. The wages of sin is death. And you paid for it in your own body. You paid for our hurt. You paid for our lies. You paid, Father, for every single sin that would be committed, past, present, and future. And it makes me think, Father, of people that have ever lived, past, present, and future. All of our sins you bore on your own body and you hung on that cross willingly. You made the choice to consciously forgive and you said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Even when they mocked you and said he saved others, why couldn't he save himself? Even when the thief on the cross mocked you, save yourself, why don't you? But even the other thief said, remember me, Lord, when you come into your kingdom. Your ultimate display of forgiveness, your ultimate display of love, Father, was displayed on that cross. And I know I was guilty. I know I deserve judgment. I know I deserve to be cast out from your presence forever, God. We don't deserve your mercy. We don't deserve your grace, but yet you still gave your life willingly. And because of that mercy, because of that grace, we now, Father, can be instruments to where now you can extend that grace from us to other people even to our enemies, Lord God. And no, it's not easy to love someone who's attacking us. It's not easy, Father, to love someone that calls us outside of our name or they make fun of our faith or they ridicule us. They wanna say whatever, God. It's hard, but we're not doing it by ourselves. We're doing it through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, nothing is a match for you. We can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. So I pray that we would press into you, that we would press into your presence, that we would stay in your word, that we would stay in the spirit when it's so easy to go into the flesh. But I pray, and yes, we may have a weak moment, but Lord, I'm grateful that you did.
stay in obedience, Lord, even when it's hard, even when it's tough. But as your word says in Luke, if we love only those that love us, where's the reward in that? And you want us to be countercultural. You want us to display the love so much, Father, that the world will know that we are your disciples. Your word says that the world will know you based off of our love for one another. And if they see us loving our enemies, if they see us blessing those that are cursing us, if they see us, Father, blessing those that maybe said something rude on social media, but we don't respond to it, God, they will know, Father, that we are your disciples. And I pray, Father, for those that are struggling, that they would just go to your word, that they will come to you. They can lay those hurts at the altar. They can lay those pain. They can lay their wounds down, the pain, Father, at the altar, Lord God. You are ready to heal. You are ready, Father, to do only what you can do. And, Father, the wounds that have been accumulated for years, Father, some of us are suffering from trauma from childhood. Father, some of us are suffering from past relationship hurt, church hurt. Father, some of us are suffering from friendships that didn't work out, people that left us, people that said they were going to be with us, but, Father, they turned their backs on us, Lord God. But, Father, you remain faithful. When we are faithless, you remain faithful. And I thank you, God, that you are healing right now. You're restoring right now. Yes, it's going to take time father i pray that we don't rush the process but you can heal you can restore father and when we come out on the other side of it we'll be that much stronger and father for those who are struggling to forgive themselves remind them that you love them that you died for them that they are worthy of love because you say that they are worthy and they can look at themselves in the mirror father and no longer be ashamed that they won't be under condemnation anymore because they'll realize that i'm a I'm a blood bought believer. I am worth the price of Jesus's blood and his blood never loses its power. So I thank you, Father, even as we walk this out, help us because yes, sometimes we have to forgive minute by minute. Some of us, Father, we have to forgive second by second. It's a process, Father, but we're in this with you. We're committed to you. Continue to bless this podcast, bless Tanuru and the ministry, the platform, the church as a whole, Father, the pastor. I pray, Father, you just continue to Use them to spread your word in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 And amen. Thank you very much, Daria, for, for that. Thank you for joining me on this podcast. And um, I pray that God continues to use you mightily and that He and that you experience his favor and his blessing in all areas of your life. So um Thank you. with you're welcome. And with that being said, so I just want to encourage everyone that is listening that um once this avail- once this podcast is available which should be either later today or tomorrow, share with your friends and family. Um, it should be on most streaming platforms uh, with more still to come. Anyway, so thank you for listening. Thank you for joining and have a great weekend and a great rest of the day. So goodbye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Thank you again for listening to um, Peculiar Youth Connect. Um, thank you for listening to this episode on forgiveness. Again, you can share this with your friends, with your family. And I pray that this blessed you. I pray that this encouraged you. And also, if you're struggling with forgiveness and if you're struggling with anything like that, always turn to the Lord because he's the one. He's the lifter of your head and he's the one that will guide and will lead you. And he will show you how to walk in forgiveness. Again, this is not something that you have to try and deal with on your own. Always turn to the Lord. Turn to those that you can trust in your life and, and don't be an island unto yourself. Again, thank you for listening. My name is Tanuru Osa. Have a good day and God bless.